Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. You've just entered the northern Ozarks on a clear but increasingly cold morning in late autumn. The dogs, Percy and Violet, and our flock of French black copper marin chickens are all hanging out with me on the front porch for just a few more moments, protected from the wind while still able to soak up a little early morning sunlight. It's no longer so dark out here since we turned the clocks backwards an hour last weekend. The cattle are lowing across the ridge from our high hill, and we are hosting a pair of quiet cardinals and one lone bobwhite quail who is calling to his equally solitary friend, the single red-headed woodpecker, both perched in a nearby black walnut tree. Sadly, many of our birds have already left for warmer climates, but we still have quite a few woodland friends who will, along with us, live through the winter right here. Look around. In these Ozark Hills, you'll find a woodland badger and a year-old fawn with fading spots who's hiding from the hunters. I've also just seen not only a secretive fox, but also a legendary giant piasaw bird gliding along the horizon on a visit down from his Alton, Illinois cliffside homeland. Listen closely. The woods are full of not only those early morning hunters, but also the spirits of long ago native hunters and lumberjacks and their blue tick hounds, all at work and later on at play on banjos and guitars and stretched leather drums as they gather around their bonfires, hearths, and wood-burning stoves. I've put the kettle on and am serving up a simple raspberry jello cake as a little whisper of the long-lost summer. So come on inside as we warm up from our brisk morning walk and enjoy a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, and it seems to me we have mostly moved past Samhain and the high harvest season. Others will disagree, though, feeling that Thanksgiving in America especially marks the end of that time. However, for me, for the past decade after Halloween, I move into the increasingly dark time of the year. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in this. For many, the winter holidays are almost as bleak as the winter itself. So if you detect a hint of sadness or sarcasm when you hear me say, welcome to Yule, you may be right. But this episode is about finding the light and joy and goodness during the cold, quiet winter nights. So really, welcome to Yule, and let's look for the light of this season too. And by the way, if you listen to my promises or hopeful projections from my last episode, wow, did I not stick to a plan. So first, let me apologize and try to explain. I am once again getting serious with the Cottage Witch podcast. I've been doing it for almost eight months, but the momentum is now painfully slow. Today, however, is about me trying to get it unstuck after about five weeks of nothing. I should be doing sacred spaces, and it is a topic I love, but I'm not feeling it. So I'm going to acknowledge that and make the change to the darker the year, and Yule season. Just saying those words and acknowledging this fact makes me feel happier and lighter and so much more interesting. 
I was first given absolute permission to do this kind of upheaval my first year as a teacher when I went to a nun coworker, my fellow English teacher, and said these immortal words, I hate teaching grammar. They hate learning grammar. What can I do? This lovely woman, a mentor and wisest crone to my then so young mother self, a mother of only one year and a teacher of only seven or eight weeks. She said to me these life-changing words. You're in control of your classroom. Just stop. First thing tomorrow. They will love you for it. And I did. And they did. It was transformational. I stopped being who I thought I should be and became who I truly was and who I was destined to become. And today, I'm a pretty fascinating grammar teacher too. But I wasn't then. So right now, I am giving this lesson back to now old me and forward to my listeners. This podcast began as me being the secret me that I so desperately wanted to be. But just like me as a new teacher, I became all too quickly, who I somehow thought I should be. And that's just debilitating. But recognizing this is such a learning moment. So who am I really? A struggler. And I know this. Like so many fellow creatives, I swim in the warm waters of ADD. My own learning style has always been screw it up the first time and then figure it out. So that means failure is an option. Go ahead and fail and then figure it out. This concept has made me the teacher I am and the witch I am. I screw things up and make many mistakes, but I get back on the bus every time. So yes, I am riding the struggle bus once again. Luckily, as a crone, I am now wise enough to realize this within, oh, only one or two months. It used to take a year or more, and I also know how to fix it. For me, stay on the bus, but stop struggling. I am absolutely in charge of the classroom that is my life. I can stop teaching or learning or researching or explaining or just damn doing what I no longer like so very much. Just stop. I can change. There really are moments of joy here. I do want to write and record and enjoy this podcast. I do love it. So I will make time for it if it's joyful. So let's make it joyful with, ironically, today's topic, entering into the dark of the year. And let's do it by acknowledging both the cold, the darkness, and the shadows, and also seeking the light, the joy, and the beauty of wintertime. So let us go then, you and I, together into both the long, bleak darkness and also the breathtaking moments of light that make up this next spin on the wheel of the year. Welcome to winter, the winter solstice, and Yule, the dark night of the year and the dark night of the soul. I've long taught William Shakespeare's sonnet about growing older. The first quatrain goes like this. 
quatrain is just four lines of poetry. Sorry, sometimes I get English teachery. Sorry. That time of year you may and me behold, when yellow leaves or few or none do hang upon the boughs which shake against the cold, bare ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang. I've taught that sonnet for 33 years, but this year it especially applies to me, and I'm comfortable with it. How it works is that Shakespeare divides one life into the four seasons. So by modern standards, not his, a good life is 80 years or so. That's what I'm hoping for. So the spring season is the first 20 years. Then from 21 to 40 is summer. From 41 to 60 is fall. And from 60 to 80 and beyond is the winter season. Makes sense. The analogy holds up pretty well. I am 60 this year, so I am exactly late, late autumn when yellow leaves are few or none are hanging on those branches and shaking against the cold. And I'm good with it, honestly. I do want my last 20 in the living years, and I'm excited to be totally in control of my metaphorical classroom, which is my life. Additionally, to my happy surprise, Death does not bring the terror it once did. I do not yet seek it out, but the fear has mostly faded. This is such a sweet change, and I chalk it up to the increasing wisdom and acceptance that I am honestly experiencing. Life is calmer. In fact, I find much of the drama of youth, the teens and 20s and 30s, to be exhausting, but also so light those storms of spring and summer that can't be avoided. Luckily, for the most part, I can now hold my own tongue more easily than I used to. These are real benefits of aging. It's some good chrome medicine going on. Shakespeare also says he's at the twilight of the day and the glowing embers of the fire. All three are beautiful, precious times. All three sort of at the ending of the big motions of the day, the year, the fire, but moving into some of the best times. Samhain, in fact, is the demarcation of this time. But in a week or two's time after Samhain, maybe three weeks, but not much more, winter arrives. I already have temperatures below freezing, ice on top of the pans of dog and chicken water. We've got the warming light on in the coop and weekly collections of kindling falling beneath our guardian oak trees are the weekend's chores to keep that hearth fire burning. I wear warm hat and mittens and heavy sweaters. Never have I been happier to roll those clocks back. Yes, for the extra sleep, but mostly for the earlier sunrise. But I'll hate to pay the price of the earlier sunset as well. Right now, we still have 11 or so hours of light each day. By Christmas, Yule, that will only be nine or nine and a half hours. And that first half hour and that last half hour are dawn and dusk. So it's a liminal kind of light. Yule will be the longest night of the year. But this celebration is all about the very next day too, when the light begins to return. Life is like that. I'm truly believing in my heart and soul that life is like that these days. I say commonly to my teenage students that right now, in the event of an intruder, it is my job to go forward and face down a person with ill will toward us. It is their job to escape. 
to live. I have lived a long and good life, and I have good friends and such amazing family members waiting for me on the other side of the veil. I'm good to go. I'm not in a hurry yet, don't get me wrong, but I'm good. And it's true. I did not seek such wisdom, but I'm happy that it has found me. So this year, I am hoping it will follow me into my acceptance of the whole winter season. In fact, I have just begun another year and a day dedication. This will be my third one to green witchery and the study of the goddess and God, the four elements and the wheel of the year. I began it on Samhain as I tossed a small paper on which I wrote exactly this intention into our bonfire. The podcast has become a true part of my practice, it seems, but I'm going to intentionally shorten each duration and increase the number of shows, and I'm playing with the style. This one, for example, is basically a journal entry that I am sharing with you. How do I get through darker times? Well, first of all, there's really no avoiding them. The only way to get past them is to go through them, looking for the light and the joy that does occur every day, if only we can lift our heads up to see. And I have strategies. I'm writing this in a journal right now, which is one of them. I do write about pain and sadness and even guilt and regret. All life is not sunshine and daisies, and we all know that to be true. So I absolutely acknowledge and allow myself to feel that sadness. But I also catch myself smiling, and my whole family understands and appreciates the laughter in the middle of tears. And we so respect others who understand that too. We talk about it a lot because our loss of Caroline, my oldest daughter, is such a part of who we are and this time of year. But others we meet have no idea of such a loss, nor do we really want anyone else to understand it. That's hard-earned wisdom and real self-knowledge and love, too. That's also winter. I know that it's going to be rough to walk Percy and Violet in bitter blowing snow. I know it. And we'll be fine. There will be a warm hearth fire waiting for us at the end, and much petting and snuggling and resting, too. That's winter. That's Yule season. We will bundle up against the cold and get through it together, and the exercise will actually be good for us. And we will appreciate the warmth and each other so much more for having shared the experience. We can do this together, you and I. We have podcasts and journals and card pools and get-togethers and favorite holiday traditions. We are witches harnessing the hearty energy of both mothers and crones, and we can work together. Two days ago, in the nick of time, my new Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle deck arrived. I've been hearing card pulls from the Samhain deck for six weeks or so, and they still continue in other podcasts I enjoy. And I do like Samhain, but was not overly motivated to purchase my own Samhain deck. However, when I discovered the new Yule deck, well, like I said, I really do know when I need a friendly, helping, witchy hand, and now is the time. So, coming up after the brief break will be my first pull for this Yule season here at the Cottage Witch.
Welcome back. The Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle deck is a beautiful one, I have to say. The box is sturdy and contains the book by Laurieann Anderson and Juliet Diaz. Its images are Winter Watercolors by Giada Rose, and the card edges are gilded in bright Christmas green. The cardstock is thick, but not too thick. I'm a rifler as I shuffle, so that's important to me. Furthermore, the size is spot on to fit my rather average hands. And also, I should say that I bought this deck myself and am in no way paid for this commentary. I'm just sharing the experience of my own free will. So here we go. I intended to pull only one card, and the one I pulled is Bear Medicine, but I had a jumper too. I firmly believe in jumper cards, the ones that leap forward, throwing themselves out of the deck and demanding to be heard. And I will admit my heart plummets a little bit, more than a bit, as I read the description of this oracle card. So let's begin with Storm. Its key words are gathered energy, challenge, and change. These cards each have a saying or very brief poem at the bottom of each. This one says, as within and so without, there are storms a-coming, a change without. This card depicts a crowned witch in front of a crescent moon on a very, very cloudy night. She is clearly drawing on some storm energy. The card is number 37 in the deck, which goes alphabetically. And I'm going to read from pages 116 and 117 in the book. There is a storm brewing on the horizon, and it's headed straight for you. When this card appears in a reading, you can expect massive change, upheaval, or a complete shock that throws you off your game. Such changes could be significant, like an unexpected divorce, losing a job, financial ruin, or loss of wherever you call home. Okay, that doesn't sound good. They continue. Ultimately, these changes will bring about something positive, although it may not seem that way at first. It may seem like the universe is determined to bring you down. This couldn't be further from the truth. The universe is only taking away the things that have been holding you back, giving you a false sense of security and shelter. When the storm clears, you will find clarity and the tools needed to rebuild, becoming stronger. That's at least something uplifting. It continues. Storm brings an ominous message, but there is always time to make the best of your situation. Storm guides you to hold on for the ride rather than trying to fight a losing battle. This is an opportunity to liberate yourself from the weight that keeps you stuck in one place. Additionally, storm tends to come along when you are on the cusp of a significant spiritual shift. Change for you could manifest inwardly through the destruction of limiting beliefs rather than something external. Well, I'm going to hang on for that last bit. An internal rather than an external upheaval. A divorce, financial ruin, the loss of my home, these are devastating considerations. On the other hand, Button and I have lost a healthy chunk of our savings. 
during this past summer, we've had increasing flooding issues that we've been working on. And now, because we've put more money into the situation, we think we've got them done. And I hope so. But I am about to lose my job intentionally. And I am preparing. This whole year is about that. However, while I approach this prospect with real joy and honest-to-God happiness, I did cry as I picked up my retirement paperwork. So it's not all sweet joy. However, I know devastation, and I know how one does survive it. Retirement finances are always worrisome, and all relationships and life is somewhat tenuous. Still, this is not a welcome card. On the other hand, forewarned is forearmed. The other card I pulled is bear. Its keywords are hibernation, meditation, and healing. I also have to say, I really do have two strong animal totems. I have several, but my two strongest ones are owl and bear. I am a mama bear. I am very protective. Anyway, while I believe jumpers are undeniably messengers from spirit, from goddess herself, I also believe that most cards, the pulled ones, are a blend of our own intentions for our lives and the well-worn archetypes of destiny woven together. The bear medicine card seems to me exactly such a blend as it incorporates what I already do know about me, Pastor May, and of what the universe feels compelled to remind me. Bear medicine is card number three, and I'm about to read pages 32 through 34 from the book that comes along with this deck. The image on this card is a bear standing on, I'm going to say her, back two legs, with a forest behind her and a snow-covered pine at her side. It does read, There is no tomorrow without the healing of the past, for in stillness you shall find yourself right where you are. Okay, that's a perfect message for me on this day of all days in the year, which is the anniversary of the day we lost Caroline. Here's what the card says. You are such a strong, sacred soul, but even the strong need time to rest. Making space for solitude and healing is not a sign of weakness, but self-preservation and self-worth. It shows a deep love and honoring of your most sacred treasure, you. That is why healers, shamans, gurus, and guides the world over make alone time such a priority. Having a meditative practice allows you to heal mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. You have pulled the bear medicine card because you will find guidance, understanding, and healing for your situation in moments of solitude. You will begin to see things from a different perspective once you've had time to recharge your batteries. Your problem may even present itself in an entirely new light after some self-reflection. Additionally, receiving bare medicine may be an indication of a dormant healing ability. Bears are associated with healers in some cultures, and seeing a bear is believed to be a sign that you are ready to ascend to your destiny as a teacher and guide. But before you can heal others, 
you must learn to heal yourself. That is so beautiful. I mean it, really. That sounds cliche, but I don't mean it cliched. I mean, that is a beautiful, perfect message for me. And I hope for you too on this winter's day. Wow. There is no tomorrow without the healing of the past. For in stillness, you shall find yourself right where you are. <laughs> well, hooray. Okay. This is at least a much more positive message. And truly the theme of today's show, life does have a dark side and a dark spin to the year as we enter into the Yule season. But the meditative quiet side is a chance to listen to ourselves and the quieted world around us. The winter is time for self-knowledge, self-care, self-reflection, and above all, self-acceptance. I was feeling bleak about my ability to continue this podcast. I love it so, but I worry that now is just not the time. However, after all of this working, not just today, but the past week, with you, my listeners, along for the whole ride, I'm convinced now is exactly the right time, but I believe I have just changed up my format. Let's see how this goes, this journal style, and let's see how these card pulls for the Yule season work for you as well. Storms are likely coming. They always do. But we witches know something about bear medicine, don't we? Indeed, we do. We are strong, sacred souls, but even the strong need time to rest. Making space for solitude and healing is not a sign of weakness, but self-preservation and self-worth. It shows a deep love and honoring of our most sacred treasures, ourselves. Ha! So you see, this episode was about sacred spaces after all. The ones inside of us. I will pick up that very big topic at some time in the future, I'm sure. But right now, I won't promise anything except that I will be back and I will throw open the cottage door with joy. I love this time for us and I love following a path that is both well-worn and totally unknown. That's a beautiful mystery. Until next time, enjoy the Yule season. Count the stars on a clear night. Watch your breath hang in the air and draw the winter moon down into your heart with quiet stillness and joy. We deserve such a holy and safe. Well, we did it. I am actually wrapping up this latest episode with some joy, even on this darkest day. The one for me that always begins the winter season. I hope you feel some joy too. My many thanks go out to the listeners who have checked in with me at hestermakepeace at gmail.com all one word. I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit stronger every year, in fact. As my middle daughter Charlotte reminds me today, our family is little and broken, but still good. Yeah, still good. She's right. And we've weathered storms before. I also want to thank Amanda, my very first monthly supporter. It only costs as little as 99 cents a month here at anchor.fm. And the listener support link is in the show notes if you are so inclined. I'm already working on the next episode, which is crafty witchy gifts for the Yule season. Charlotte and Moss, you might want to skip that one until after Christmas. Just saying. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do consider sharing it with like-minded friends and family members. And 
or leaving me some shiny stars and a kind review wherever you get this podcast. As always, I really do appreciate those simple gifts. Keep warm and enjoy these quieter months. And thanks for visiting me, Hester Makepeace, The Cottage Witch.